One of the things I think that's true for for all of us, I I don't think I have to just say some of us, but for all of us, is that we want to live with integrity, okay? I mean, we want to be good people. We want to do the right thing. We want to tell the truth. We want to work hard. We want to keep our promises. We want to just do what's right and and live out the values that we've got. Whether or not we've even even made a commitment to Christ, I think most people really do want to do the right thing. I mean, for most, if not all of us here this morning, if we were at a store and, and we ended up getting an extra 20 back in change, we'd say, oh, no, this is too much. We, we wouldn't say, cool, I made 20 bucks, right? I mean, if that's stealing. We'd, we, we'd give it back. We'd want to do that. And if we promised somebody we'd help her move next Tuesday and next Tuesday comes around and we really don't feel like it, we don't just say, eh, I don't feel like it, I don't care. We say, no, I committed. I made a promise. I'm going to be there. We want to live with integrity. We want to live in, 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 in doing the right thing and in, in being true to our values and, and so on. And, and sometimes it's easy to do that. Some situations are fairly easy, but in some situations it's really difficult. And on this Labor Day weekend, I want to think about an area where I think it is especially difficult to maintain our integrity, and, and that is in the workplace. I think there's something special, and, and I think we all recognize it. There's something special about our jobs, our workplaces, or our dealing with businesses and so on, that somehow it feels like we can be committed to being full of integrity, but we feel a great deal of pressure, more pressure in some ways than anywhere else, to compromise our integrity when it comes to the workplace. Whether that pressure comes from within us because we can make more money or, or whether the pressure comes from the company that we work for because they want to make more money or whatever it is, but for some reason... When, when we are in the workplace, we feel huge pressure to compromise our integrity. Let me give you some examples. We'll start with kind of the, the really small things, right? One, one of the ones that I think kind of a classic example of, of your daughter needs a report cover for her, for her report for sixth grade science on the leaves or whatever. And, and, you know, they got great report covers at work. They buy them by the case. They'll, they'll never miss them. So you take three or four of them home and, and, and you throw your daughter and you say, isn't that great? Not, not a huge deal. Your company might not even care. But, but just think about it. Why would we never walk out of Office Depot with three unpaid report covers, but we'll walk out of work? I, I mean, it's just, right? Well, because I, I, they don't pay me enough or whatever. But the, the fact is we, we do that. Or, I mean, a, a one that some of us run into a lot, getting paid in cash. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just three, four hundred bucks. And I know Jesus said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. But, you know, I don't know if he knew how much Caesar could take. I mean, there's a lot of taxes that we pay. And it really isn't going to hurt anybody. So when I get paid in cash, I don't necessarily report all of it. You know, it's just, come on, they got plenty of my money. I I pay plenty of taxes. And and somehow we allow ourselves, we rationalize it, we explain it away, and we... We don't declare that or calling in sick, <laughs> right? I mean, calling in sick. I mean, I don't feel sick right now, but I feel like I might feel like I'm going to be sick. And the fact that it's the opening day of deer hunting season is just irrelevant. It doesn't matter at all, uh, right? I mean, you know, everybody's doing it. The boss is going to be gone hunting. Why don't I get to go hunting? So I'll just use a sick day. I'll just call in and tell him that I'm sick. No, I don't lie, except for when I tell my boss that I'm sick. Right? I mean, isn't it interesting? We feel so much pressure and somehow some permission to kind of do these things. Um, yeah. Promising a job will be done by Friday. Uh, some of you know my family's in the car business, and, and so one summer I spent um, working as a service writer just at times, and it was really fascinating because I don't know anything about cars. Um, but I was, you know, trying to... So then, you know, people, when is it going to be done? When's it going to be done? 
and they say, well, it's going to be done Friday. Then they call on Wednesday and say, it's going to be done on Friday. Now, at this point, if I know it's not going to be done on Friday, I don't feel like getting yelled at. I'll let the person who answers the call on Friday (laughs) deal with that. Yeah, it's going to be done on Friday, even though I know it's not going to be. You know, and, 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 and maybe they won't even bring the business our way. I mean, we've got to make some money. We've got people with jobs, and so we feel tremendous pressure. I mean, if you if told the truth about that stuff, people wouldn't bring their cars to you to get them fixed. And so you need to kind of, I mean, come on. We're just trying to keep the economy going, cutting a corner on quality. You know, I mean, it's just, it, it, you're, you're building a house. You're bidding on it, right? You're, you're going to do this. And you've got five or six people on your crew. And, and, and you know what? You, you, you bid it a certain amount. And, and you have certain specs that you're going to do it to. And, and, yep, you're committed to do that. Then the guy says, you know what? I need you to take off four grand. I need you to, I need you to find four grand or 20 grand or whatever it is. I need you to, and, and, but I don't want you to change any of the specs. Okay, fine, I can do that. And, and you invoke the principle that what happens behind the dry, drywall stays behind the drywall, right? They won't notice if, if it's two by sixes instead of two by eights. It's still plenty strong. I mean, structurally, it's, it's not that different. And, and it's not going to, I mean, the odds of it falling over. And we just kind of cut a little corner on quality. I mean, there's so much pressure. The margins are so small. You, you can't make any money unless you play right at those edges. And we feel this tremendous pressure to kind of say, well, it, it's not quite as good as it needs to be, but it's, it's good enough. It's, it, it's close enough, as we say, for government work. Um, paying a fair wage when others don't. I mean, again, I, I, I don't throw these out here like these are easy situations. I mean, think about it. I, I know folks who are in those industries where, where it's like, look, how do, we, how do we compete? How do we compete with people from another country who pay people a dollar a day? I mean, we just can't. How do we compete with somebody who's underpaying? I'd like to pay my employees more. I know a lot of people who would, but there's just no margin. I just can't do that. And, and so and I know it's not the best wage, and I know nobody can live on it, but I, I, I mean, the other option is just to fire them and, and, and we'll close down the business, and that doesn't do any good. And so, again, this huge, tremendous pressure. You've got people working for you. You've got people working with you. And you, you know, the company has to survive all that stuff. Looking the other way. I mean, the, the temptation to just sort of a building inspector who just kind of says, oh, that doesn't look that bad. I, I don't want to upset these people or whatever. Sometimes this gets really expensive. This is, can be a really deadly sort of thing. On, on the night of uh, January 27, I think it was 19, I think it was 1987. might have been 83. 87, I'm pretty sure. In, in Cape Canaveral, Florida, it got down below 53 degrees. How do I know that? Well, let me tell you how I know that. The, the people who make the O-rings, who made the O-rings for the space shuttles, they knew they had a great product, and they did. And they knew it performed up to all the standards it needed to, unless it got below 53 degrees. The numbers started to drop off then. But how often does it get to, to below 53 degrees in Cape Canaveral? Not very often. It's unlikely. But it did on that night. It did on that night. And they faced the question, are the specs still good enough? Are, are they still okay? And they decided to say, well, you know, it was in a contract that they signed that under 53 degrees, that changed a little bit. So it's their fault. They should pay attention, knowing that they couldn't read all. That. Yeah. And 73 seconds into the flight, the Challenger exploded. And I believe it was seven died on that, in that flight. I mean, because somebody just said, I don't want to stop the whole thing. We, it, 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 there's just so much pressure on us in, in these workplaces. And I think God knows that. 
I, I think God knows how difficult it is to, for us to have integrity in our, in our business, in our work, in our, in our dealings with others on these things. That's why time and time again, God comes and talks about this. One of the things the Bible talks about as much perhaps as anything else is honesty and integrity when it comes to money, particularly in business. We go way back to Deuteronomy. Uh, one, of the, you know, one of those first five books of the Bible, Moses talking, Deuteronomy 25, 13, 14. He says, do not have two differing weights in your bag, one heavy, one light. Do not have two differing measures in your house, one large, one small. I, I mean, this is just a classic thing. You want to know how, how relevant? This is, this is, now, it doesn't happen exactly the same way, but let me tell you how this would work. Why is this important? Let's say that I sell chicken, okay, and you want to buy a pound of chicken. Okay, so you come to me, and I take out my scale, and uh, it might look something like this. And then you say, I say, oh, you want to buy a pound? Well, the red weight is a pound, all right? So I reach into my bag to get the red weight, right? But the reality is I have two red weights. One's a little darker. One's a little lighter, but they're both red. And, and, and the difference is, is that the one that's darker, it weighs about 1.1 pound. And the one that's lighter, it weighs about nine-tenths of a pound, Right? And, and, and so you bring it, and, and you, you want to buy some chicken for me, so I put the chicken on the scale, um, and, and then I grab, if I'm selling, I grab that, that lighter one, right? And I slide that over there, and I say, here's your pound of chicken. And it's actually nine-tenths of a pound. You're not getting what you paid for. It's not much, but it adds up over time. Let's imagine it's the other way around, where you're selling me something. In that case, then I'm going to pick out the darker red one, right? Because now, it, when I say I'm buying a pound from you, I'm actually buying 1.1 pounds. And, and that's what the Bible is talking about when it says, you know what? You can't have two different weights. You can't have two different size cups. You can't have one that's just over a cup, one that's just... And, and again, this was happening. The reason God has to say this is this was standard business practice. And, and talking about two different weights, I, I know of at least five places in Scripture that say, don't do this. Because God finds it detestable. Look at this, the next verses. You must have accurate and honest weights and measures so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. For the Lord your God detests, strong word, anyone who does these things, anyone who deals dishonestly. God calls us to have complete integrity in all of our business dealings. Leviticus, Leviticus 19 verse 13 says this, Do not defraud or rob your neighbor. And then these words, one of the ways I think that we might rob our neighbor, do not hold back the wages of a hired worker overnight. Again, let me explain that. In that day, you got paid not once a week or once a, every two weeks or once a month. In that day, you got paid every day at the end of the day, and you'd take your money, you'd go to the market, and you'd buy food for supper, right? And, and, and again, no different than today. Just like we're tempted to say, well, look, if I can extend and not pay for 60 days and they're not going to charge me interest till 60 days, I get to hold on to the cash. This is just holding on to the cash overnight. God says, don't do that to somebody. Pay your bills on time. Pay those you owe a fair wage. Pay them in timely matter. And, and I think it's just fascinating. You know, guys, I didn't, I'm, I'm going to pay him, but if you pay him too late, that's robbing. It, it's not just saying, well, I was a little slow. If you pay your bill's too late, you are robbing others. I don't like to hear that. I don't like to hear that because I f sometimes want to say, well, it's easier for us to wait a month. I think I've got to take it seriously. Do not hold back the wages of a hired worker overnight. Don't, if you have a bill that's due and you've agreed to pay it, pay it. And, and then this comment in Proverbs, which I think kind of is, encapsulates all of it. Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. 
It's better to be poor with integrity than rich and crooked. And the question I want to ask with, with the time that we have this morning here is, is really this question. Is, is that really true? Do, do we really believe that? I mean, on the one hand, yes, it's true because it's in the Bible. But, but the pressure that we feel, do we really say, you know what, I would rather have integrity because it is so hard. Don't underestimate and say, oh, yeah, I believe it. It's in the Bible. Therefore, I just live it out. That's just easy. It's not easy. And, and part of what I want to do is to think about this so that we do say, yes, it is worth it. But, but I really want to think about it. Is it worth it? Here's my question. Is it worth it to have integrity at work? And in order to try to answer that question, we're going to do something that some of you do regularly in your, in your workplaces. Sometimes we do it here. It's, it's a cost-benefit analysis, all right? I want to talk about what are the costs. If you have integrity in your workplace, what it might it cost you? And then I want to say, but if you have integrity in your workplace, what might it benefit you, Okay. It's a kind of a cost-benefit analysis. And I want to be honest about this and say, there are costs. These are real. Don't kid yourself. I mean, if you, there are times when if you choose to do the right thing, I mean, I want to talk about three different costs. The first one is financial costs, right? I mean, if you tell everybody the truth all the time, you're going to lose some sales. It's so funny. Sometimes I'll know somebody's lying to me, but I want to think I'm getting a better deal. So, so sometimes, you know, I just, and, 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 and so if you tell everybody and say, you know what, really, you know, you can count on this working 90% of the time. So I don't want that. This guy says it's going to work 100 times. It's not going to work 100% of the time. Nobody can make one that works 100. This one works 90% of the time. Uh-uh, I want you to promise me 100. But you know it can't be 100. I don't care. And, and, and you're, the fact is you'll lose some sales. If you say, no, it's not going to be done till Tuesday. Well, they said they can get it on by Friday. No, they can't, but... And, 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 and the, you know, I mean, if we are completely honest, there will be some times that costs us financially. There will be some money that we miss, at least in the short term. There will be some money that we miss, and we need to acknowledge that. So, again, it's better to be poor uh, with integrity than, than rich and crooked. So, uh, sometimes it does cost us financial costs. Again, if you, if you, for some of us, if we actually declared all the cash, guess what? We would pay more in taxes. So if you commit yourself to 100% integrity in the workplace, there can be financial costs. There can also be career costs. The fact is you might not, you might not advance up the corporate ladder quite as much. You, you might not get to that higher level. It might, I mean, if somebody else is putting out the numbers, if somebody else is producing and the company says that's what it's all about, you, you, you might not get the promotion and your career might not take off the way you wanted it to take off. I found a couple of cartoons I thought that, that kind of captured this well. Uh, this is kind of one of those companies that's very blatant about it. All of these postgraduate degrees don't impress me at all. What I really need is a good liar. Can you do that? Some of you work at places where you say, that's about what they do. I don't care about you. I just, can you lie? When it comes down to it, will you be willing to lie so we can get the deal? Sometimes we work at places that say things like this. I love this one. Run this by the legal department, but run super fast so the ethics department doesn't see it. Um, <laughs> Right? I mean, you know, there's just kind of this pressure to, to you know, and, and, and some, you know, sometimes it's, well, we want to look ethical, but in reality, you know, like right now, kind of ethics are big in business and we talk about it, but sometimes in reality, this is the situation. When you say ethical, do you mean marginally ethical, semi-ethical, or appearing to be ethical? Right? I mean, we want to be ethical, but there is so much, and, and for some of us, there can be that, that significant career cost. I, uh, I, I was talking about a year ago to, uh, to my son, Adam, who's a tax lawyer now working out of New York, and um, he, he had just done a, a, a monster deal. I mean, this is a company that does, they, 
they, now I can say, I didn't know it, he didn't tell me, but they did the Burger King Tim Horton buyout. So he can't ever talk about those things because I would have been buying Tim Horton, right? But anyway, so, <laughs> anyway, so he, you know, he's working on these things, pretty high-level stuff and so on. And there was one situation he was telling me about, and you needed something to be 50%, and it was 49.86. And so they assigned him to say, get us an exact number. I mean, this was kind of the rough estimate. Get us the exact number. And I said, so in that situation, are you required to come up to 50%? And he said, no. He said, that's one of the reasons I took the job with the firm I did. Everybody knows everybody knows that what you're going to get is the right answer. And there is no pressure on me whatsoever. And I thought, I'm, I don't know if you're just telling me that because I'm a minister and you know that's what I want to hear. I think he's telling me the truth. <laughs> but, you know, that's not the way. Ever, and, and I'm sure it costs them some money. And Because I, I wondered, what, what is he, is he going to have this, is his career going to kind of be dependent on saying, look, you got to, when it comes to this, you, you know, you, you, you always kind of make sure it, he said, of course, I wanted it to turn out that way, but that was not the requirement. I, I, the, the, the people who come to our company know they're going to get the right answer, not a preferred answer. And I'm sure it costs that company money. So career costs affect, as some of you know, and you've had to pay because you haven't been willing to cut corners and you haven't gotten the promotions that you could have gotten. There's also relational costs, okay? It, it can cost you in, in terms of relationships, sometimes at work. Um, again, you, you get this... Um, situations, let's say you drive a produce route and you have the Tuesday, Thursday route. That's what your job is going to be. There's another guy who for 10 years has been running the Monday, Wednesday route. And when he's training you, he makes it clear and he says, it takes eight hours. It takes eight hours to run the route. Remember that, eight hours. First time you do it, it takes you 10. You think, well, when I get fast, I can get down to eight. But you realize in two weeks, you can do it in five. You can do it in five. And and, and I'll tell you, you start regularly doing it in five... (laughs) your coworker is not going to like you. You will not have good relationships there because that person is going to just kind of feel like, yeah, right, you ruined it. We all had it. We had an agreement. We understood what it was, and now you came along and you did this. And, 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 and people who have been kind of scamming don't like it when somebody comes along. You know how that is. I mean, if you have something that's kind of been gray and you say, I'm comfortable doing it this way, somebody else joins the company and says, I wouldn't do that. I think that's wrong. What do you feel? For me, I always feel defensive. You know, I mean, I I feel defensive. We get that at church here sometimes where, you know, people say this is the way to do this, and then somebody else comes along and says this way. And my first thought is not, oh, thank you for straightening this out. It's like, oh, so you're accusing me of cheating. And I immediately want to, and I have to kind of say, Jesus, help me, and then say, you know, if this is the better way, we got to do it this way. But you feel accused, right? If you find out you're doing something that somebody else would never do, you feel accused. And so there can be relationship kind of difficulties and, and, and struggles. And again, Proverbs 29 in the New English Translation puts it this way. Bloodthirsty people hate someone with integrity. Right? The, the, the people who are living outside the lines don't like it for people who live inside the lines. As for the upright, they seek his life. Now, I'm not saying it's going to try to kill you if you get the route done three hours faster, but you get the idea, right? I mean, it, it, it can just have relational costs at work, but not just at work. It can also have relational costs at home. <laughs> Say you're married to somebody who does like the finer things in life or at least paying all our bills on time. And, and, and so maybe you felt that pressure of saying, honey, come on, everybody else is doing it this way. You could make a lot more money if you did it that way. We need to pay these bills. We've got this debt. And, and you feel, and so sometimes you can even feel it from home. 
I'm feeling like, yeah, but for me, it's a matter of integrity. Well, it isn't for everybody else, so why don't you just do it? And, and we can just finally get that taken care of. So there are those, you know, relational costs at work and at home and, and, and so on. So those, those three costs all together, all right? Th- that, that's what it costs. And let's come back again to Proverbs 8, 28.6. Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than a rich man who's crooked in his way. There is a cost to it, okay? There is a cost to it. So is it worth it? Uh, again, let me quick run through these. I got to remind me to change this, Eric, between services. All right. So let's look at the benefits. Let's look at the benefits. The first one is this, a clear conscience. When we have integrity in our workplace dealings, when we have integrity, when we deal with others, the fact is we don't have to worry about getting caught. Look at Proverbs 29, verse 1. Again, English Standard Version. The one who conducts himself in integrity will live securely. You'll live at peace. But the one who behaves perversely will be found out. When you cut corners, there is something, a God-given sense inside of you, a God-given conscience that, that you worry that you're going to be found out. You worry that somebody's going to catch you doing what you do. If you spend half your time at work on Facebook, somewhere in the back of your mind, you know that the company has the opportunity to look at how you spent your time online. And you have to live with that worry about, about what you've been doing. I, I laugh because on Friday, while I'm working on this, while I'm writing this up and so on on Friday, um, we, we are having some computer challenges here. And so one of the guys who was helping us said, is your computer on? I said, sure, it's in my office. And as he walked away, I thought, what's on there? You know, what, what's he? And it was like, nothing, okay? And I thought, you know, really, you can look at my computer. There's nothing on it. You can just look whatever. There's not, but you know, I mean, I, 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 for a second, it was like, well, this guy's going to look at my computer. He's going to know where I've been. He's going to know what I've been looking at. And I thought, oh, good. I'm glad I don't have anything bad on there. I don't. I don't. The fact that I, it's a new computer, only three weeks old, but you know, I mean, <laughs> no, that, the other one you can look at too. Okay. But right. You know how that is. If you, if you, when we, when we play those games, we have this, we have to live with that fear of being found out. We have to live with that fear that we're going to be caught, that, that, that we're going to be in trouble. John Wooden, legendary UCLA basketball coach, wonderful quote from Wooden right here. He says, nothing, there is no pillow as soft as a clear conscience. No pillow as soft as a clear conscience. It is so much easier to sleep at night if we have done the right thing during the day. And you might not have as much money. You might not be able to pay for a $400 pillow but a clear conscience is a better pillow than a $400 pillow, right? So Mark Twain, he says this, you know, one of the good things about telling the truth is if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything, right? When we start to lie, we have to kind of build on our lies and remember them and so on. And so there's just that sense of saying, I don't have to live with all that fear. I I can live with a clear conscience. First benefit there, and and don't underestimate that. Yeah, there's cost, but there's a benefit. That's why, again, it's better to be poor and straight than crooked and rich because if you, you know, you just can't sleep well at night. You don't have that clear conscience. Second benefit is what I would call a family benefit. And, and let me, I forgot to mention this earlier. Lee Strobel was helpful for these things. And I just remembered him right now. But let me give Lee Strobel some credit there, trying to live with integrity. Um, but, but a family benefit, especially to your children. Those of us who are parents know that our kids listen to us some, but they watch us a lot. And they learn a hundred times more by what we do than by what we say. And I can say all I want to my kids about saying, don't lie, don't lie, don't lie. But if they hear me on the phone lying to my boss about calling in sick or lying to somebody about having an appointment when I don't, if my kids see that, they will learn that lying is okay. And it will not matter how much I say. 
And so when I commit myself to integrity at the workplace, and our kids know whether we have integrity, kids have a great sense of that. There is a great benefit to them. And one of the reasons I want to live with integrity, one of the reasons I think it is so important for me to do that is in order to bless my kids, all right? Proverbs 14, verse 26 says this, whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress. When we live with integrity, when we walk in God's ways, we have a secure fortress. And for their children, it will be a refuge. Okay, think about that. One of the reasons I want to do the right thing is because it makes a safe place for my kids. It gives them walking down the right way. And and the opposite is true. One of the things that happens when I tend to walk into crooked ways is it tends to lead my children into bad things. Some of you know that the Bible on different occasions will use some interesting language because it'll say the sins of the fathers are visited on the children. The sins of the fathers are visited on the children. And some people will say, well, that's terrible because why should the kids have to pay for their, their parents' sins? And it's not like the guilt kind of thing. It's, it's not that that's the problem. The problem is it's a pattern kind of thing because when we go wrong, our kids tend to follow that way, right? 1 Kings 15, verse 3. It's just one example of many in the Bible of this being said. He, Abijah, committed all the sins his father had done before him. His heart was not fully devoted to the Lord, his God, as the heart of David, his forefather, had been. All right? And it happens. He committed all the sins his father committed. He committed all the sins. When we live with a lack of integrity, when we choose the crooked path, when we choose to cut corners, when we choose to look the other way, when we do that, one of the worst things that happens is our kids pick that up. And our kids tend to walk down the same road. And so when I'm talking about cost-benefit, when I'm saying, yeah, it might cost me some business, but I'm also saying I'm I'm creating a secure fortress for my kids. So there's a family benefit. The third one, and and this one is an interesting one to think about, but it's what I would call the business benefit. The the business benefit. Now, I want to make it clear, this is not one that's guaranteed. But I think that if you look at it in the long run, it's actually good business to treat people with respect and honesty and to have integrity. In the short run, you might, you might lose a sale. In the short run, you might lose a customer. But in the long run, you might well get that customer back. Because while you may get a sale by lying to somebody, you'll lose them when they realize you lied to you. You'll lose that long-term customer. And over and over again, we can see this, I think, that, that again, I'm not saying, okay, if you tell the truth, you're always going to make more money. The fact is, sometimes you will cost you, and sometimes you will lose customers, and so on. But again, I want, to, I want us to recognize that there can be a good benefit to us. Again, let's go back to Proverbs 28.6 because I want to point something out to you. It says, Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. Now, what happens sometimes is we read that and we say, well, anybody who is rich is crooked. That's not what it says. That's not what it says. It's saying if you ever have to choose between integrity and, and, and money and, 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 you know, between integrity and and making more money, always choose integrity. But it's not saying if you always choose integrity, you will always lose money. You see the difference? I I mean, it's it's saying better is a poor man who walks in his integrity. (laughs) If you have to choose, choose to be poor and walk with your integrity. But sometimes when you walk in integrity, you also experience blessing. And, and you can experience some good things. It's, it, you know, not every rich man is crooked in his ways. The fact is there are a number of folks. Fascinating for me, the other couple of, just a week and a half ago or whatever at our council meeting, we were talking about um, our administrative assistant position and so on. And, and, and one of the things we tend to talk about with that is, is kind of saying, well, you know, we need somebody who understands the business world, but also understands the church world some. And, and finally, one of the business guys said, you know what, I want to be a little careful about how we're doing this. Because I don't run my business, just kind of say bottom line is money. 
I think that Christian principles, I treat people with respect, I try to live with integrity, I try to, and I think that's good business. And, and I thought, you know what, that's so true. So often we say business has to be that way. But the fact is there are a lot of folks who are really committed to saying, you know what, I'm going to do this the right way. And I think that in the end, there will be blessing out of that. Proverbs 11 verse 3 says, the integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity, Okay. The unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. Our lies catch up to us. Proverbs 22, verse 8 in the message. Whoever sows sins reaps weeds, right? The fact is when we do those things, they tend to come back and they tend to bite us. They tend to hurt us and we tend to pay for them. And I, and I love the second half of this verse. I think we, you know, we see that first half, yep, sowing and reaping. That's that biblical principle there. But bullying anger sputters into nothing. Bullying anger sputters into nothing. There's a guy by the name of Jeff Crandall who back in 1990s, the early 1990s, was the CEO of American Airlines. And he was, he was known as the bully of the skies. This guy was hard-nosed, tough as nails, belligerent. He was nasty in his words. He was a take-no-prisoners, no-holds-barred kind of guy. And he won. I mean, American Airlines made more money than any other airlines in those first few years of the 1990s. The, the, the shareholders, in the one sense, nobody wanted to spend two minutes with him because he was a skunk. On the other hand, they loved him because he made him a lot of money until 1993 when the pilots went on strike. And then all of this bullying came back and American Airlines just got destroyed. Those pilots and those workers were so fed up and they had been treated so poorly They've been treated so poorly that they just took, they could stand strong and they didn't take anything. And all of that, and and Jeff Crandall just went down. And I think, you know, bullying anger, bullying anger, it worked for a few years, but eventually the tables turned and he had nobody who would stand up for him. And American Airlines took a big dip in terms of their ability. I mean, their, their profit was just just changed completely. This led a guy by the name of Jim O'Toole, looking at this situation and some others like it, to say that, you know what, CEOs need to look at Jesus, which is fascinating because Jim O'Toole is not a Christian. He said CEOs need to look at Jesus, all right? Um, and, and, and he said this. He said this, treating people with respect the way Jesus did is what moral leadership is all about, and nothing could be harder. But when there is organizational or societal necessity for change and change is constant in our world, nothing is more practical. Jim O'Toole is not a Christian, but he says you need to learn from Jesus because treating people with respect makes a huge difference. Proverbs 22, verse 1, A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. In the long run, you may lose the sale when you tell the truth, but in the long run, your reputation. And so I do think there are business benefits. Again, not guaranteed. Some of you have done the right thing and gotten fired. Okay? So I'm, I'm not, that happens sometimes. But in the long run, you have a clear conscience. There are family business benefits, business benefits, and then, and then finally spiritual benefits spiritual benefits of, of being drawn closer and closer to God. It, it doesn't save us, okay? We're saved by God's grace. All of us are failures. All of us have sinned. All of us have lost our integrity. But through Jesus Christ, we can be forgiven. And when we understand that, we want to give our lives to God. If we say, God, God, I want to follow you. Jesus, I want to follow you. But not in this area of my life. We will not grow as close to God as we should. And so there's a deep spiritual benefit. The Apostle Paul says this near the end of his life. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. 
Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Paul says there is a deep spiritual benefit. When I commit myself to integrity, I I, I can experience God smiling on me. Again, when I fail, it doesn't mean that God says, well, you're out. No, I confess my sin. God forgives me, and it's all by grace. But I I experience more of God's love, more of God's smile on my life as I live more and more in obedience. So let's kind of throw them out there. Workplace integrity, all right? The, The costs are real financial costs, career costs, relational costs. The, the costs are all there, but, but so are the benefits. I mean, the benefit of having a clear conscience, being able to sleep at night, uh, the family benefit, the business, the, the spiritual, and then ultimately, you know, just because it's the right thing to do, God tells us to do it, all right? It, it's just the right thing to do. And so surprisingly, or probably not, I come out on the side of saying, guess what? The Bible's right. Proverbs 8, verse 26, Proverbs 28, verse 6 is right. It's better to be poor with integrity than rich and crooked because the benefits far outweigh the costs. So take the day off tomorrow if you can. But when you go back to work on Tuesday, remember that by God's grace, we can live with integrity, even in the workplace. Let's pray together. Father, it is a challenge for many of us. Um, to really be honest in work. For some reason, we feel like it's okay to take stuff from work when we would never from a store. For some reason, it's okay to tell a little white lie in the workplace, even though we wouldn't at home. Lord, teach us that it is better to have integrity and be poor than it is to be crooked and rich. Father, let us live with integrity. Thank you for your grace for when we fail, but send your spirit to give us courage. So walk the way you call us to walk. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.